Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing across all of our campuses? Yes, yes, yes. We want to welcome everybody at Franklin, Seymour, Banta, Garfield Park, our microsites, everybody watching online, of course, everybody here at Greenwood. And if you're new with us today at any of our campuses or online or microsites, can we give it up for all those people? We want to welcome you. Thank you for joining with us today. My name is Pastor Aaron, or I'm Aaron Beasley, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I get to bring to you week two of our Good Bones series. And what we kind of said in this series is, as a staff, we came together and we talked about how to kind of label this series. And we talked about how when you go into a house, even if it's not perfect, or a building, if it's not perfect, if it's got good bones, if it's got a good structure, if it's got a good foundation, if it's got the things that you need, you can work with it, right? That's why the show is called Good Bones because they work and they remodel the house. And so just like in houses or buildings, we need the same thing in our relationships. We need good bones. And last week, Pastor Danny brought week one. And what I wanna say about that is Week one is the most important because it's the foundation. And so if you missed week one, we're gonna strongly suggest that you go back to our YouTube channel, you go to our website, our app, you watch that talk because he talked about commitment. And commitment is the foundation of every relationship. That is good bones right there in relationships is commitment. But today I get to bring week two, which is kind of the structure, the walls, like you need to have Good walls, right? By the way, I wanna thank uh, the production team. They made this uh, six-foot wall here so that I look taller. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. They could have made it eight feet, which would not have worked, so I appreciate that very much. This is a six-foot wall here, but you gotta have strong walls. And what are the walls of our relationships? Well, it's trust. Trust is the walls of a good bones relationships. It's one in which... Confidence is placed. One in which confidence is placed. In our relationships, we need to have confidence that we can depend on them, that we can trust them. Like if you walked around in a house and you were afraid that the walls were gonna cave in, you were afraid that the lights were gonna fall down on you, you're gonna be walking around really anxiously, right? And the same is with our relationships. If we can't depend on the walls, we're gonna walk around anxious, nervous, depressed if we can't put confidence in them. And by the way, that's how the majority of Americans are living in their relationships to begin with. Trust is at an all-time low. I was doing some research uh, for this talk and what I came to find out is that 20% of Americans 
trust the federal government mostly or all the time to do the right thing? Only 20%. And when it comes to our money, only 6% of you trust the federal government <laughs> to mainly do the right thing or always do the right thing with your money. Or 20% or 22% of Americans are actually high trusters. What does that mean? Well, it means that you generally believe that people are nice, fair, and looking out for the good of others. Only 22% of Americans think that most people are fair, nice, and looking out for the good of others. And it actually gets lower as you get into the younger demographic. Like low trusters are 40% of Americans, and half of those are 18 to 24-year-olds. Let that sink in for a minute. Generations are starting to become less trusting. You know, 39% of you trust your pastor. Well, that's not good for me, so I better do a good job today um, so that you believe uh, what I'm trying to teach you today. But only 39% of people trust their pastor, have confidence in their pastors. How about this one? Only 10%, now 10% of married couples fully don't trust their spouse. 10% fully don't trust their spouse. I think that number's high, maybe it should be higher, I don't know, but that number's too high. Like The person you're supposed to put the most confidence in in this world, your spouse, 10% of people don't fully trust them. And this one, this one really gets me. 20 to 30% of Americans will say that they only that they have one person or nobody that they can fully trust in, which when asked the question, fully trust in means they could take you to the airport, they could help you in a time of need, or there's someone you could call to have a conversation with about hard things. 20 to 30% of Americans only have one person or nobody that they can fully trust in? To take them to the airport? To have a tough conversation? Isolation is on the rise. Trust is at an all-time low. Our confidence, our walls are shaky. Why is that? Why is trust at an all-time low in our relationships, whether that be at the workplace, in our marriages, in the government? Well, first, hypocrisy. You know, saying you're gonna do one thing and you do the opposite like we talk about not buying any more Amazon packages and you get home and there's five Amazon packages on the porch. <laughs> we say that uh, we're going to a friend's house. You say you're gonna go to a friend's house maybe for the Super Bowl and then you call that friend and you don't go to their house because another offer that's better came on the table. We say that we're not gonna date this person because our parents don't like that person and then we end up sneaking out of the house to talk to the person and date them. The boss tells everybody to be there at 7 a.m. but then the boss comes rolling in at 9 a.m. every day. Hypocrisy is lowering our levels of trust. You know, Jesus had something to say about this uh, when we put our confidence in him, we put our trust in him. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, 
when you don't do what I say. What's he trying to tell us? He's trying to say, you're being hypocritical when you say that you trust me, you put your confidence in me, but you don't do what I say. And then that lowers trust. See, all of us, we have these trust banks. You know, leaders would tell you that trust is the currency of leadership. Well, I would say that trust is the currency of relationships. And we all make withdrawals and we all make deposits. And when you do what you say you're gonna do, you're making deposits. Like, oh, this person's trustworthy. They got the job done. They did what they were supposed to. Or when you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're withdrawing. You cheat on your spouse. That's a big withdrawal. You tell your parents a lie. Big withdrawal. And when we start to do that, and we don't start making lots of deposits, and we're only making withdrawals, we start to become distrusting of not just the people who are withdrawing, but of everybody else. This is super important for us to understand today. That's why Jesus said, like, how can you call me Lord if every time we're having a conversation, you're withdrawing from the relationship? This is why Paul says this, I love this in Corinthians, or, or John said this, sorry, in 1 John. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? I love this verse. Because what he's saying is, is, how can you say that you're a believer if you're hurting the people in your life? You're being a hypocrite. You're not actually showing people the love of God. You're making it distrusting to trust a God who loves them because you're lying. You're not loving people. You're being a hypocrite. And so now our trust levels go down and our walls start to become shaky. Well, hypocrisy is one, but I think this one is actually even bigger, why trust is at an all-time low in our society, and that is past hurts. Because in the end, we're all gonna be hurt at times by the people we love, by the people who are supposed to love us the most, by someone we didn't expect that to happen, or someone we didn't expect to hurt us. Past hurts is a huge reason why we have a hard time trusting. And there's different kinds of past hurts. There could be social rejection, like someone was your friend and they're not your friend anymore, or maybe you tried to join a group of friends and they don't really want to be your friends, or maybe you got in a small group and it didn't really work out. And so social rejection causes us to not trust. It could be parental conflicts, like you grew up in a house where your parents were always fighting or they were always getting mad at you or there was these conflicts between them or between you as a kid. And now all of a sudden, that's caused distrust. One of the main places where we're supposed to develop trust is through the family unit. That's how God's designed it. That's why family is so important. Or how about this, negative life experiences. Like life has just thrown you some hard curveballs. Maybe you grew up in a poor community and that was hard. 
Maybe you got diagnosed with a disease. Maybe you lost someone that you loved earlier than expected. So negative life experiences has caused you not to trust. Or betrayals. Someone's betrayed you. Like you worked at a company for 25 years and you just got let go. It's a betrayal. Your students, your kids, they tell you one thing and they do another. And so there's a betrayal. Your spouse won't let you look at their phone and then you look at the phone and you notice some messages that shouldn't be there. Betrayal. And so there's distrust. I understand this. You know, if you've heard me speak before, you've heard me kind of talk about this. But, you know, I was in middle school, but for years my parents had fought at night with each other. Yelled and screamed and couldn't work their stuff out. So much so that even I would bring friends over to the house and we'd be down in the basement and we could hear, hear my parents yelling at each other. Where finally my parents, uh, my mom sat me down and told me that her and my dad were gonna get a divorce where somewhat that was a relief for me, but also I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? We went to church. Like I thought we were supposed to like figure this stuff out. What's, what's going on here? And, and that caused a betrayal in my life. And my my family's supposed to stay together. What do you mean you're not gonna be together? What do you mean you're gonna put me in this place? So that caused a lot of distrust in my life. And this is why I love scripture too, because God doesn't hide this stuff from us. He doesn't hide humanity in the scriptures. He tries to show us that Thousands of years ago, people went through the same thing. That's why Joseph is one of my favorite stories. See, Joseph was one of the youngest brothers. Uh, he was a younger brother of 12 brothers. He was the second youngest, and he was the favorite. And his other brothers didn't like that, his oldest ones especially. So one day, the oldest brothers are out in the flocks, and the dad's like, hey, Joseph, go out and check on your brothers and see how the flocks are doing. And Joseph's like, cool, no problem. So he's going and he's like, I'm gonna see my brothers, I can't wait. Not knowing that his brothers are like, here he comes, let's kill him. You don't believe me? Here we go, Genesis 37. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Now, you know, they were so nice that they decided not to kill him. They decided to sell him into slavery. So thanks, brothers but you wanna talk about betrayal. You wanna talk about hurt. You wanna talk about not being able to trust anymore. Joseph has every right to be that way. And maybe you have a story too to distrust someone close to you, someone thought that you could believe in, just like me. Because we all have past hurts. And why this is so important 
is that if we live in these past hurts, if we live in hypocrisy and we just don't trust anyone and we don't build up the walls of trust and confidence, we're gonna walk around with anxiety and depression and we're not gonna trust anyone and we're always gonna be on eggshells and we're gonna be angry at people and it's not gonna be good for what God has called us to. And so we need to rebuild trust in our lives. So how can we do that? How can we rebuild trust so that we can build walls that are sturdy? Well, I'm gonna to talk to two different people today. First, I wanna to talk to people who have lost trust. You've been hurt. People have been hypocritical to you. Things haven't gone your way. I'm gonna to talk to you first. Well, number one, we need to talk about our hurts. Like, we need to talk about it. And I'm not just saying we talk to others. I'm gonna to get to that in a minute. But first, we need to talk to God. It's amazing how many of us don't go to God with our pain. Why would we not go to the one that we could fully trust? The only one that will not hurt us. First, like talk to him. That's what I had to do when my parents got divorced. I wasn't a perfect middle schooler, but I told you we went to church and I had to make a decision. Okay, God, I don't know what you're doing, but are you who you say you are? And so I started to read scripture and I started to say, God, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do about this situation. Help me. Because all I knew was is that I've been taught that God is who he says he is, and if he says he is who he says he is, then I better start going to him first because I have nothing left. I don't have my parents. I had my dog that sometimes I talk to. But that was it. I was a middle schooler. Didn't know what else to do. And I feel like Joseph had to do the same thing. See, Joseph was sold into slavery and then he was accused of something he didn't do. And then he was forgotten about in prison. And then finally, something good happened to him. You can read all of this in Genesis 37 through 50. I don't have time to read it. If you have time, read Genesis 37 through 50. It's great. It's amazing. But in the end, Joseph ends up becoming second in power of pretty much the entire world because Egypt was the most powerful nation at that time. And here come his brothers right in front of him. And you know what most of us would do if our trust was broken, if we were betrayed, and we had our uh, 10 brothers right in front of us who had done this to us? You know what we would have done? Dead. <laughs> but you know, the Bible says that throughout Joseph's life that the Lord was with him in every situation. You know what that tells me? Is that God was talking to Joseph and Joseph was talking to God. And then Joseph could respond this way. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I believe because, God, because he talked to God about his pain, he was able to respond in that way. This is why Paul says this, all praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Who's the source of all comfort? God. 
He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. See, we gotta talk about our past hurts to God so that he can comfort us so that we can comfort others, but we, we just don't talk to God either. I, I don't wanna just say, talk to God and everything's gonna be good. Sometimes I understand that that doesn't work. You have to talk to other people too. See, I talked to God when this had happened to me with my parents, but I was still upset and angry. I was a middle school kid. Can I tell you who God sent to me? He sent to me people that I call my second parents, Dan and Tina Noe. And I'm so thankful for them. They would pick me up, take me to FCA, talk to me about the pain that I was going through. They would give me advice. And actually, they invited me to this church. And that's why I'm here today. And sometimes you have to talk to other people. So if somebody cheated on you, go see a counselor. If somebody hurts you, talk to someone. If you need a group of people to surround you, join a small group. But you got to talk to other people as well. You've got to talk about your hurts. Now, I don't want to just leave it at talk. This is a little golden nugget for you because this isn't in your notes today. But you, you also got to work out your hurts. You can't just talk about it. You got to work it out. So when Dan and Tina was like, you got to forgive your parents, I'm like, eh. yeah, that sounds good. But I don't know. You read scripture and God says, turn the other cheek when your enemies hit you. That sounds okay. No, no, no. You got to work out your hurts too. Can't just talk about it because you can sit and talk about it for years. At some point, you got to take little action steps. Okay? That's how we work. That's how we help gain trust if we've been hurt. Now, also, what else do we need to do? We need to be trustworthy ourselves, yourself. You want to build trust in this world. You want to build trust in yourself. Be a trustworthy person yourself. Well, you don't understand. My boss and my teacher, they're a jerk. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. Then you do your job description well. You be a trustworthy person. You do your homework well. You say you're going to clean the dishes. Clean the dishes you say you're not going to date that person, don't date that person. Be trustworthy yourself. This is why in Titus it says this, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. You know, we are all called to be ambassadors for Jesus. You know what tells people the seriousness of our teaching? Uh, that we're trustworthy ourselves, that we, everything we do is reflected out of integrity. That's how we build up walls. That's how we build up confidence in this world. We must be an example ourselves. So you be trustworthy yourself. That is how you can build up trust in your own life. 
Because then all of a sudden you start to realize that you're not just looking out and you're kind of with shaky walls looking at everybody and always distrusting everyone else because in the end there's a silent confidence in you because you know you're trustworthy. It's amazing what happens when what you want to see, you start being. It starts to happening or starts to happen with the people around you. And then lastly, I wanna talk to the people, how do you build trust? How do you build walls of confidence for people who've broken the trust? Like you, you're the one who's broken the trust in the relationship. What do you need to do to build the walls of trust up? It's really, it's, it's a simple thing to say, but it's, it's hard to do is this. Confess and truly repent. Confess and truly repent. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is like, say you're sorry, be specific, and don't do it again. Like, how about this? Hey, honey, I'm really sorry I did buy the five Amazon packages. It was in a moment of weakness, no excuses. I'm not going to spend the money that we talked about not spending again. And then you don't buy any more Amazon packages without talking about it first. How about this one? I'm sorry that I was late for work again. I've been late and I'm going to work on my schedule because I will never be late again. Did you notice I'm not throwing excuses in there? How about this, you're the boss. I'm sorry that I asked all of you to show up at seven and I've been showing up at nine. I can see how that can look. And so I promise you that I'm going to lead this team better. Can you, can you just imagine for me for a minute if the government did this, if someone just did this from the government? <laughs> just, just wait. They said this to us, it'd be amazing. It just, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. If they said, we spent your money unwisely, unwisely. We promise we won't do it again. I'd be like, that person's getting my vote. Just tell me where you lied. Tell me the truth, confess, and then repent and don't do it again. How much better would America be? Be crazy. That's why St. Augustine says this, the confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. He was a theologian back in the day. He's an old guy. But that old guy has a really good quote. Confession of evil works is first the beginning of good works. You know, but somebody said this even before St. Augustine did. King Solomon said this in the book of Proverbs. He says this, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. You're gonna have shaky walls. 
You're not going to prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, what will happen? They will receive mercy. I just wonder what it would be like if we started to be a people that confessed our sins instead of concealed them. And I know this is hard, but do you want to build the walls of trust in your marriage? Confess your sins. I have to do this with my wife all the time because I'm a messed up person. I have to do this with people at work sometimes. I'll never forget when I had to even apologize to my boss here at work and say, what I said was not appropriate. I apologize. I thought I knew better, but I, I didn't. I won't speak that way again. Like, and then guess, you know what I received? Mercy. You know, I don't want to drag my parents through the mud. Because what I didn't tell you is that both of them have come to me and asked for my forgiveness. They didn't have to do that. And they said that they were sorry, that they didn't work it out, they made mistakes. And they promised that it wouldn't happen again. And both of them are remarried. I have step-parents. They're great. But I've seen a difference in both of my parents. So much so that if you remember, I said that we celebrated Christmas all together two years ago, which would have been insane. But how does that happen? It happens because the walls of trust were built. And some of us today, we need to rebuild those walls. Maybe we've been hurt and we need to talk about our hurts. We need to work through our hurts. We need to become trustworthy ourselves. Or maybe you've done the hurting and you need to confess and you need to repent and then watch what God will do You know, Jesus knew that we had this problem. God knew we had this problem. The Holy Spirit knew we had this problem. God, three in one, knew that we weren't gonna be able to do life the right way because of this sin nature that we have. That we were gonna hurt people, that we were gonna be hypocrites. And yet God chose to love us so much that he sent Jesus to this earth. And you wanna talk about being betrayed. Jesus was betrayed by his disciples. And he was on the cross, hanging there as people yelled and mocked him. And he was so trustworthy that he could look at the crowd and he could say, Father, forgive them 
for they know not what they do. And then he breathed his last and he took on all of our pain, all of our sin, all of our mistakes on the cross and then he proved that he was God by rising again and living. And that's how we change. That's how we start to live for his kingdom and not our kingdom. That's how the walls start to get built up. And every relationship that we're in, whether a friendship, a working relationship, a marriage, a friendship, because we get it from Jesus. But I know that not every person in here today has put their trust, their confidence in Jesus Christ. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. It's not the prayer that saves you, it's the heart behind it, but you can repeat after me or you can say something on your own to God across all of our campuses. Everyone watching online, you can say something like this, God, Lord, I've been putting my trust and my confidence in so many other things and God, I've been hurt or I've done the hurting and today I'm confessing those things to you and I'm giving those to you. God, I'm believing what you did for me on the cross. You knew how weak and sinful I was, but you loved me anyways. And you took my sin and my pain and so today I'm accepting you as my savior. I'm trusting in you as my savior. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the grave and conquering sin in the grave so that today I can start to live differently. I can live for your kingdom and not my own. Today, thank you for your love and your acceptance. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. And we wanna give it up for all those people who made that decision today. We have something for you. It's our saved box in it is a Bible, a reading plan, your next steps, a coffee mug, text SAVED to 65248 and go to the lobby in your campus or if you're online, we will send you one but we would love for you to text SAVED to 65248. Go to the information desk in your lobby and we will get you one of these. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Text SAVED to 65248. Can we give it up for those people one more time who made that decision? I hope and I pray that all of us will build the walls of trust, whether we've been hurt or we've done the hurting. Will you join with me as we pray and then I will give it over to our local teams. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are and we thank you that you are the God that we can fully trust. Even if everyone around us has hurt us, God, we can put our hope and trust in you. And then God, we pray that you will help us if, if we've lost trust in people. God, will you help us rebuild those walls? Will you help us talk about our hurts, work through our hurts? Will you help us be trustworthy? And God, we pray that if we've done the hurting, God, will you help point out anything in us that we've offended or hurt? And God, will you help us confess and repent of those things 
so that we can be different and build the structure of our good bones relationships. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, everyone prayed, amen. And now we're gonna turn it over to our local teams. Thanks.